This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 86. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. With spring in the air, home buying and selling season has officially begun here in Canada, and we've definitely had some movement as far as interest rates go, with the Bank of Canada increasing the interest rate for the first time in over three years. And this can, of course, have significant implications for you if you have a mortgage, your line of credit, or if you're looking to get one. Now, we've also know that I've been hearing a lot and experiencing much higher inflation than we're all used to, and the Bank of Canada does tend to use interest rates as a tool to help keep inflation where they want it to be. If we go back to Economics 101, the government has in the past increased interest rates to keep inflation low. So with these high inflation numbers, many of us are wondering if we're going to be seeing larger increases to the interest rate, which can, of course, have a significant impact on your monthly expenses if you're holding a variable rate mortgage or have a home equity line of credit. Now, I'm not going to predict where interest rates are going as there are other factors that the Bank of Canada looks at before they decide to increase or decrease interest rates. But needless to say, especially in the world of debt and mortgages and lines of credit, this is something that you do want to keep an eye on, especially if your mortgage is coming up for renewal soon or you're looking to get a new mortgage as there have already been some changes and there could be more on the horizon. So with all this taking place, I thought it would be a great time to have our resident mortgage expert, Sean Cooper, on the show to give you an update on what's been happening and give you some actionable advice and insights so that you can make the best decisions for yourself when it comes to your mortgage and lines of credit. Now, in addition to that, we also cover the subject of how you can take some of the equity that you've built up in your home out so that you can either use it to invest or deploy it elsewhere. Many of us homeowners have been very fortunate in seeing the value of our homes increase drastically over the past years here in Canada. Yet, despite this nice increase, the money is just sitting there tied up in the house. So Sean takes us through what the options available to us are here in Canada to take some of that money out without, of course, having the sell your actual house. On a related note, we also cover the Smith Maneuver and much more. So enjoy this very packed episode. Now, a bit of a bio on Sean in case you're hearing about him for the first time. He is a certified mortgage broker. He's who I refer everyone to that has any mortgage-related questions. He's been nice enough to make himself available to Build With Canada listeners where he'll actually answer your questions one-on-one for free. And he's also the best-selling author of the book, Burn Your Mortgage. You might have also seen him on the news a fair bit as well. And in his day job as a mortgage broker, he also continuously monitors dozens of lenders here in Canada to see who has the best mortgage at any given time. And he's He's not tied to one particular lender, which is key because he's actually able to kind of shop around and analyze all the different mortgages available out there. So I do encourage you to also reach out to him if you do have a mortgage coming up for renewal or are looking for a new mortgage as he can share all his findings with you for free and there's no obligation or fee to use him as your mortgage broker or anything like that if you choose to do that. So if you would like your mortgage questions answered or would like to see his up-to-date research for free on the top mortgages that he's been able to find, you can set up a free call with him over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash Sean. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash Sean. So S-E-A-N. And now let's get into the interview. All right, Sean, welcome back to the show. Hi, Cornell. It's great to be back on the show again. I thought it would be a great time for us to catch up again and 
update the listeners on what's been going on in the real estate market as well as mortgages because there's never a dull moment, it seems. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the big news is that uh, from what I've seen the first time, for the first time in over three years, the Bank of Canada has actually started raising interest rates. So what should we be considering if we have, let's say, a variable rate mortgage or have debt that's tied to the primary, like let's say a home equity line of credit, for example? Yes, that that's right. The first time since late 2018, the Bank of Canada has started raising interest rates. Now, it's actually a good news story. Now, people that have debt tied to prime rate not may not think it's a good news story, but it is actually a good news story because the Bank of Canada wouldn't be raising interest rates if they didn't think that the economy was in good shape. So it's definitely a, a, a good story in, in terms of uh, that there. And, and also, with uh, with interest rates rising, the Bank of Canada is trying to rein in inflation. And I don't know about you, Cornell, but if what, I'm sure when you've gone to fill up your car lately and gone to the grocery store, you've been shocked at some of these prices that we've been seeing here at the pumps as well as, as the grocery store. I mean, I know when I've gone down into the dairy department, the prices are quite a bit shocking. So the raising, rising interest rates is to help rain in inflation as well. I mean, that remains to be seen, but I guess my point is that it's a, a good news story with, with the Bank of Canada raising interest rates. And it also gives us extra buffer in case, in case we have another financial crisis in the future. If, if interest rates are as low as they are, if the key interest rate was at 0.25% like it, it was at, then there's really no room for the Bank of Canada to cut interest rates to help stimulate the economy. So we definitely need some buffer in terms of that. So I just wanted to just wanted to start by saying it's it's not necessary. It's actually a good news story. But I'm sure if you have debt that's tied to prime rate, you're probably wondering how how does it affect me? So I now now the Bank of Canada raised the key interest rate from 0.25 percent to 0.5 percent there. But you're probably asking. How does it actually affect my own personal financial situation? So uh, I, I like to try to dollarize everything for my clients. So I just did a quick calculation that I like to share with, with uh, my, my, my clients. And everybody's mortgage size is different, but just to make it nice and simple, people think, well, is my payment going to double or anything like that? I mean, it's 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 not that big of an, in, an increase in your monthly payment as you would think. Like... As an example, if you have a $100,000 mortgage, uh, assuming a 30-year amortization and interest rates go up 5.25% like they did, you're only looking at, uh, for every $100,000 of, of mortgage money, you're only looking at a $12 a month increase in, in your payment there. So it's not as bad as it seems. It's not like your payment is jumping up $200 a, a month or anything like that. And the other point is that you are stress tested at a rate of the qualifying rate, which is currently 5.25%. It might've been a different rate when you signed up for your mortgage, but you're tested at the qualifying rate. So you have to prove that you can afford those payments there. Now it doesn't take into account things like childcare costs and other, other expenses uh, not related to to debt or the property that you're buying there, but uh, certainly you do have to qualify at a higher rate. So the bank of the, the the government's just trying to 
protect you and make sure you can afford these higher rates and higher payments there. But basically, it means if you have debt that's tied to prime rate, that your payments uh, will be going up uh, for most mortgages, some variable rate mortgages. There's variable rate mortgages as well as adjustable rate mortgages. Those terms are used interchangeably, but essentially most people's mortgage payments will be going up. Some some people's mortgage payments, like if they're with TD Bank as an example, their mortgage payments won't be going up there. But uh, I actually prefer having my mortgage payments going up because if if it doesn't go up and you choose not to pay more, then you could have to re-amortize your mortgage at, at the end of the, the term there. And and that's basically stretch out the amortization because you're not paying enough and that's not a fun situation to be in. But definitely, so what I would say for people that with, with variable rate mortgages, like it, variable rate is a, a long-term strategy. There's have been studies that show that people with variable rate mortgages all, most of the time come out ahead of fixed rate mortgages, but in order to really benefit from variable rate mortgages, you have to be willing to stick with the variable rate. If you're if you're somebody where you're feeling nervous after one or two rate increases, and you don't, I mean, you don't like rate increases, then I would say it makes sense to go to fixed rate uh, at the beginning and not even bother with the variable rate. But as long as you're somebody that has a long-term mentality and you understand that there are going to be several rate increases. I mean, we could see rate increases, quarter point rate increases of of like we could see four or more of them this year or possibly even more than, than that. As long as you understand that and you understand that variable rate is a long-term play, then I definitely think it can make a lot of sense for you because the variable rate is at about half the rate of the fixed rate. But what I would say is is before you before you do anything, I would speak with a mortgage professional like myself and just just to figure out what makes the most sense for me, because certainly there can be all sorts of advice that you read online and hear on, on TV and all that. But but everybody's comfort level when it comes to risk is different. It's kind of like investing Cornell, like some people, some people are fine with 100 percent equities. Other people prefer balanced funds. I mean, everybody's tolerance for risk is, is different. So I would definitely, I would definitely speak with a mortgage professional and just understand how it will actually affect your monthly budget and determine whether, I mean, this conversation should have happened at the beginning when you signed up for your mortgage or home equity line of credit, but just, just determine your appetite for risk now that we're in a rising interest rate environment for the first time in, in three years and just make sure that the variable rate is still right for you because there is an opportunity to lock into the, the fixed rate right now if you if you decide that variable rates no longer right for you. And I mean, the good thing about the home equity line accredited is it's an open product. So there's no penalty to break that product there. And the variable rate mortgage, the real benefit of of that is that the penalty is generally just three months of interest to break the mortgage, whereas the fixed one can be a lot more costly there. So people like to say, well, fixed rate mortgages uh, provide me with lots of with lots of reassurance, but the thing is, the you may have reassurance in terms of the mortgage payment and the rate staying the same. But where you can really be surprised is on the penalty side. Whereas with variable rate, the payment and rate can change, but the penalty is predictable at three months of interest. So people a lot of the time forget that about the variable rate there. So yes, I would definitely before I lock into anything with my current lender, I would definitely speak with a mortgage professional and 
actually crunch the numbers to see how the new numbers would affect you in terms of the monthly payment and decide whether you want to stick with this uh, with this uh, product, uh, the variable rate. Uh, but uh, yes, definitely not. Uh, definitely don't panic or anything like that. It's not like the sky is falling. It's a good news story. It just means that a bit you'll have to put a bit more money towards your variable rate mortgage as well as your home equity line of credit if you have a balance. Uh, if you're carrying a balance on that. Mm-hmm. I really love that approach of actually, like you said, dollarizing. I think you said the the amounts because yeah, we can hear these percentages and they might say, oh, we du- we doubled it, let's say. And then it's easy, I think, for our brain to jump to conclusions where, okay, does that mean my payment's going to double or what's going to happen? And uh, I, th- I think when you take what you do and you take that percentage and you actually see, well, how much in dollars is that going to affect what I'm paying every month? I think that can be a really good voice or reason, right? And helping people actually make the right decision, whether to lock in or not, as opposed to just kind of get in, potentially get into this panic mode of, okay, rates are climbing, I'm in trouble now, you know? So, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's such a great exercise and uh, you made it really easy, just a certain amount for every 100,000, right? And then anybody can apply that to their mortgage to see roughly what it would be. So, um, yeah, that's great. Um, for Canadians that have their mortgage coming up for renewal in the near future or those looking for a new mortgage, you know, based on the current environment, what is the mortgage rate outlook for the coming year? And how can those Canadians best decide whether they should go fixed or variable? Again, great question. Cornell. Now things are certainly changing on the variable rate side. As mentioned, we're seeing the prime rate increase for the first time in over three years there. People, I mean, I think we're hoping that that uh, the prime rate didn't increase for, for quite a while, but as mentioned, it's a good news story there. So I would just say that it's important to make sure that you understand what type of, of person you are when it comes to your finances is similar to um, on the investing side, like somebody could invest, somebody could be ultra aggressive and invest 100% in equities like myself, that, that that tends to be my investment strategy. But for somebody who's for somebody who's getting closer to retirement as as well as uh, for somebody who has a lesser appetite for, for risk that may not make sense for them. So it's important to recognize what your tolerance is like if you if, if if it's causing a lot of sleepless nights reading about the possibility of rates going up and 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 yes i mean i, I think that variable rate may not make sense for you but as long as you understand that it's a long-term strategy and we'll be seeing several rate hikes and you're not going to panic the first time that we see a rate hike there then i definitely think that variable rate can make sense for you and another point i wanted to raise on, on that there is that it's it's it, it's important to make sure that your spouse and yourself and are on the same page because if somebody is pro variable rate, but then your spouse isn't so keen on the variable rate and it's going to cause a lot of arguments there, then I would say that it doesn't necessarily make sense to go variable rate. Like you don't, I'm sure that you've read the, these studies and surveys out there that money is actually the top reason for divorce in, in in Canada and it's not actually infidelity so definitely don't want people to have fights over mortgages or anything like that so what i, I say to clients is it's important to make sure that your spouse and yourself are on the same page and and are fine with the variable rate otherwise if, if one person's fine with it and the other isn't then I would seriously consider looking at going with the fix because I wouldn't want to 
see our have arguments come up over mortgages. I mean, there are, there are, are more th- important things in the world and definitely don't want anyone's marriage to end because of a, a mortgage or anything like that. But yeah, just to, just to summarize where things are at the variable rate. I mean, people like variable rates because the rate is so attractive these, these days, the, the, since, since the last time we spoke Cornell, which was a little over like a, approximately a year ago, the, we were seeing some very attractive fixed rates at that time, like record low fixed rates, but fixed rates have come up quite a bit since then. The fixed rate is about double the variable rate right now. So just to keep things simple, of course, the of course the rates depend on several factors, like whether you're putting more or less than 20% down. If you're going with a 30-year amortization, if you're putting more than 20% down, the size of your down payment, there's a bunch of factors at play, but essentially the the variable rates at about one one and a half approximately and the fixed rates at approximately three percent give or take a slightly above that or or maybe slightly below that if you're putting less than 20 percent down on on the property there so yeah the variable rate is is definitely quite attractive there but you have to keep in mind that rates will be increasing barring anything crazy coming up so you just have to make sure that you're okay with sticking with variable rate like what i like to say to clients like if you're somebody that is going to is 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 going to get nervous after one or two rate increases and you're going to want to switch the fixed rate you might as well just go with the fixed rate at the beginning because the the variable rate pricing is, is based on prime rate which is influenced by the bank of canada like when the bank of canada increases its interest rates the lenders follow suit with prime rate they're they're not direct they're not it's not the same thing like when the bank of canada raises rates uh it doesn't automatically put up prime rate but all the lenders follow suit in terms of that i just want to be clear that the 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 prime rate doesn't fixed rates don't automatically go up by 0.25 percent for anyone taking on a new fixed rate that's not the way it, it works it's based on what's going on in the bond market which Looks at similar things to, to compared to prime rate, but uh, it it is and, and the interest rate that the Bank of Canada sets, but it is it it is different the bond market there. But generally speaking, when we're in a rising interest rate environment with the with the with the uh, interest rate that the Bank of Canada is setting, generally speaking, the bond market is going up as as well because it's about future expectations. So it may not be by the same amount or at the same pace or anything like that, but Generally, when one is is when the variable rate is is trending upward, the fixed rate is is trending upward. So, I would say that that yeah, as long as you're as long as you recognize that the variable rate is long term strategy, and studies have shown that it comes out ahead the majority of of the times. As long as you're okay with sticking with it when we perhaps see like four more quarter rate increases uh, this year, then I definitely think that it can be a good strategy. But if you're somebody that will be nervous and and your spouse and and isn't necessarily on the same page as yourself i I would definitely consider looking at the fixed rate at at this point in time and yeah definitely definitely for somebody that's that whose mortgage is is coming up for renewal i would just say again i've read studies that to say that approximately one in four canadians just signed the mortgage renewal papers and don't even look into any options. So I would definitely, I would definitely call up a, your mortgage professional like myself and just get a second opinion because 
I've actually heard stories of people being homeowners being offered the posted rate from from their bank, which is quite a a slap in the face there. But they're just they're just that the lenders are hungry to win you over as a client at the beginning, but they're just kind of relying on on that busyness or complacency of you just signing whatever whatever you're offered at the renewal time. So definitely definitely always get a second opinion and, and call up a mortgage professional. And it's also a perfect time to have that fixed versus variable rate discussion because yes, just because you may have you may have originally signed up for a variable rate, but we were in a falling interest rate environment and now we're in a rising interest rate environment. So you may not feel the uh, you may not feel the same way about uh, about it. And I also wanted to mention there's also hybrid strategies here. You don't ne- necessarily need to go with fixed or variable. You could actually go half and half. You could go with uh, half fixed and half variable, which, I remember my mortgage broker offered that to, to me when I had a mortgage back back in the day there. So so my point is that you don't necessarily need to go all in one strategy or or the other. A mortgage broker could definitely structure it in the way that you want it. Maybe if you went to the bank, offer you one or the other, but definitely I try to think out of the box and, and there is the option of hybrid. So like I said, if um, definitely, definitely reach to mortgage professional three to four months before your mortgage is coming up for renewal, just because it takes about a month for your mortgage to be moved from your old lender to a new lender. And also the mortgage professional can secure a rate typically four months in advance, 120 days in advance. So the, the sooner you reach out, the sooner the rate hold can be secured. And so that uh, if we're in a rising interest rate environment, at least on the, the fixed rate side there, you can lock in a rate and to protect yourself from any further rate increases there. But uh, yes, definitely, definitely a, a lot to consider. And, and a mortgage professional is the perfect person, person to speak with, a, a mortgage broker like myself, per, perfect person to speak with who is unbiased and can help you decide what uh, option is, is right for you, whether it's fixed or variable. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I didn't realize that the rate for a fixed can be around double that of a variable rate mortgage. Plus, you've got those substantially higher cancellation fees with a fixed rate mortgage as well. Um, I remember I was always a variable rate mortgage holder myself back when we had a mortgage, but I remember we we had some family that did fixed and then they had to move earlier than they expected to. They had to cancel their mortgage. And I remember they were paying thousands and thousands of dollars in additional fees um, because they had a fixed rate. But like you said, it's it's such a situational thing, right? Where we can't just say, oh, this variable is always better or fixed is always better. Kind of like investing, right? It's like you want highest expected returns. Okay, go go all equity. But that it's not that simple because there's so many other factors at play as well. Like if you're going to panic sell, then you probably shouldn't have done that, right? So uh, very, very interesting, the the, the parallels there. Um, for anybody listening, if you do want to ask Sean questions, um, he, Sean's on here you know, at least once a year just to give us a nice update, see what's happening because things are obviously changing always in the real estate market, especially when it comes to interest rates finally going up, things like that. Um, we did make a custom page for him. Um, th- th- so if you do want to talk to him and, and ask him questions or see what kind of more 
messages he's been able to find. Um, that the, the page for that is buildwealthcanada.ca slash Sean. So just S-E-A-N. Um, and then, yeah, you can go there. You can just enter your email and, and he's you know very fast to reply. If, if you don't get a reply, maybe something went wrong on our email system. We had a couple of those. So just email me and I'll, I'll put you in, Sean, in touch with Sean directly. Um, but yeah, it's definitely if you have any questions, because uh, clearly this is a situational thing as opposed to a simple answer like always go fixed or always go variable. So um, yeah, buildwithcanada.ca slash Sean. So S-E-A-N is the the place to go um, if you want more sort of like custom help from that. And now a quick message from one of our sponsors. If you're an ongoing listener of the show, you know that the free savings account that I've been using for years for my entire emergency fund and day-to-day expenses is over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash EQ. Not only are they free, but the interest rate that they give you on your savings account is up to 30 times higher compared to the other banks in Canada. I've been with them for years, have been recommending them way before they ever became a sponsor on the show, and they also have free Interact e-transfers, really good rates on their free TFSA and RSP accounts, some of the highest I've actually seen when it comes to fixed income. There's no minimum balances. You can actually automate your contributions as well, and it's all insured by by the government through CDIC insurance. So it's pretty much as safe as it gets in my book. So if you are going to sign up for free with them, please use the link buildwealthcanada.ca slash EQ. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash the letter E and the letter Q. It's a huge help. And using that specific link helps keep the show and almost everything on the Build Wealth Canada site free. And as a thank you, when you sign up with them for free using that link, if you send me any confirmation email that you get from them, I'll send you my full free guide on all the investments that I personally own and buy, along with an in-depth explanation on why I chose each one. There are thousands of investment options out there, some incredibly expensive with ridiculous hidden fees. So this guide will at least help you narrow things down. And these are all investments that have massively helped my wife and I retire in our 30s. And they are the investments that I continue to hold and live off today. So to get the free guide, just sign up for free over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash EQ. And it has to be through that specific link. And then forward me any confirmation email that you get from EQ to bonus at buildwealthcanada.ca. And I'll send you the full guide for free. So thank you so much for using that link to support the show and enjoy the free banking and the high interest rate on your savings account. Uh, From what you're seeing, what is the real estate market outlook for this coming spring and then the rest of 2022? Is it likely to be more of a buyer's market, a seller's market? Just what kind of you know buying, selling environment should people be ready for if they're thinking of moving or buying and selling a house? Sure. Again, great question, Cornell. And I just want to quickly add in to the my last answer there. Now, if you if you like fixed rates, but you don't like the costly fixed rate penalties, like you were saying with your family member there. Another huge benefit of working with a mortgage broker is we have access to lenders. They go by several names, monoline lenders. They're sometimes referred to in, in the media, but I like to call them wholesale lenders it's it's like we've we've talked about them in the past but it, it's kind of like going to Costco and getting things at wholesale prices so if you like fixed rate mortgages but you don't like the super costly penalties from the big banks and they definitely have some very costly penalties if you have to break your fixed rate mortgage regardless of where rates are currently at then then definitely working with a mortgage broker makes a lot of sense because the banks don't have access to these fixed rate products with fair penalties. So that's just another reason to work with a mortgage broker. But to 
to answer your question about where I see the the market going, like a lot of people are asking me with with interest rates trending upward uh, on on the variable rate for the first time in over three years there. What how's that going to affect the real estate market and as well as as everything opening up, um, like with people going back into the office and all that, how how's that going to affect the real estate market? I mean, I don't think I I I, I mean I, I don't think the sky is falling or or anything like that. I, I don't I don't think we can affect uh, expect price appreciation like we were seeing over the, the last couple years there to continue and indefinitely that definitely isn't sustainable. What I would say is more of a modest increase going forward because certainly people don't have the same flexibility that they have needing to go back into the office again, but there's also different factors at play like interest rates going up will help cool the real estate market, but it's it's an in- incremental increase. It's not like interest rates are doubling overnight or anything like that. But there are things to offset that, like immigration is going to be increasing going forward and, and Canada's taking immigrants in again after slowing things down during the COVID situation there. So I definitely think things will balance out. But again, it's it's hard for anybody, even the smartest people like Royal Page and Remax and and the other and the other uh, real estate companies put out predictions, and, and oftentimes they're 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 not right about that because it's it's it, it's it's tough to make these predictions here. But if I was if I was to predict how things will play out in 2022, I would say that price growth will moderate. I mean, I wouldn't expect prices to to there's there's still a supply there's still a supply imbalance. There's more people that uh, want to. There's more demand than supply in terms of properties in a lot of markets across uh, Canada. We were seeing some interesting things like we were seeing we we're seeing bidding wars in, in not just it's usually just in big cities like Toronto and, and Vancouver, but we we're actually seeing that like pretty much across the country, which is, is kind of un, unheard of. Even in Ontario, places like Sault Ste. Marie, like bidding wars there, like I never would have imagined that we'd see stuff like that. So I definitely think things will normalize more and become more of a, a balanced market going forward. But if you're if you're somebody that's waiting for home prices to fall 20, 25%, I mean, I don't think I don't think waiting and, and sitting on the sidelines makes a lot of sense. I just don't I just don't see that happening. Like uh if I if I had a if I hadn't have bought my house back in 2012 and had waited for a real estate crash instead of instead of buying my house for 425, I'd have to pay a million dollars for my house today. So I'm definitely glad that I didn't take that strategy there. I would say buying a property is more, it, it, it's, it's not really waiting for a real estate correction. Um, if you're buying and selling in the same market, it's it's really a, a wash in that situation there. It's more what makes sense for you from a, a financial and lifestyle perspective. Like it makes sense for you to buy from a lifestyle perspective, like you're planning to stay in a location for for the long term, then buying can definitely make sense. If you're finances are are stable and you have a, a job that uh, you're going to be collecting a, a steady paycheck from, then I definitely think that it can make sense to to uh, buy. But um, yeah, I mean, as, as long as you're as long as you're able to um, as long as you're able to have some patience, then I definitely think it can be a great time to buy a property. I mean, 
um, it, you just have to you just have to show some patience and, and be flexible as as well because with uh, home prices at the level that they're at, you may not. I mean, pretty much nobody can afford their dream property right away. You just have to be willing to be flexible in terms of the property that you're going to be buying. Um, you just have to realize that you're buying a starting property. Like you may want to own a detached house, but detached houses go for quite a lot of money. So just realize you may have to use a property as a stepping stone, like a condo or a townhouse that's more affordable. But just just keep in mind like that that was kind of our parents strategy of what they what they did i mean they didn't necessarily buy their dream property right away they kind of used a, a, a couple properties before that to move up in the to the market before they were able to afford their their dream property but by getting your foot in the door of the real estate market sooner you're, you're able to build up equity and kind of do a lateral move and, and use all that equity later on to help move up in, in the market there. So I definitely think it's a, a positive thing, home prices going up. But uh, yeah, I would expect things, just to summarize, I would expect things to moderate more and to see more reasonable price growth going forward. And and yeah, it's, there's never been a better time to, to buy. Just, I would say, keep an open mind, be willing to look at, uh, maybe expand your search outside, uh, outside a, an area just to, to help, just to help open up more options for yourself. I mean, that worked for me. If, if, if I was just focusing on a specific neighborhood, it would have taken me quite a while to own a property, but I was willing to move into a like a few, a couple of neighborhoods over and I was able to get a house a lot sooner that wa- that way. So that, that strategy can definitely help. So I would just say, keep an open mind, show some patience and, and yeah, I definitely, I'm, I'm sure that you'll find a property this year and just have to be a bit patient because in, in some markets, it, it is a, sell- a seller's market. I would expect that to improve, but, but, uh, but yeah, just show some patience and I'm sure you'll be successful this year if you want to buy a property. Awesome. Thanks. I think it's a good question to ask every once in a while. I know obviously you can't predict interest rates or, or, or things with the market or that kind of thing, but it's nice to sort of know, okay, well, how are things a little bit so that you go in with the right mindset, right? Like going in saying, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna give what they're asking and that's it. But if there's bidding wars going on left, right and center, then obviously you're gonna, there's some misaligned expectations there and it's going to be really hard for you to get a house. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good one to, to sort of tackle every year and see just so that buyers and sellers go in sort of with the right expectations. Now, home prices have grown substantially over the years, like you said, making really many Canadians who already own a house pretty wealthy on paper, but much of that money or equity is tied up in the house. And I'm sure many of us would like to be able to use some of those gains either for investing or other things. And we've probably all heard of using a home equity line of credit, so HELOC, to take some of that money out, but what are the other options available to us? And what are the pros and cons of using a HELOG versus these other options? Again, great question, Cornell. And yes, Canadians have seen substantial growth in their wealth over the years. Like looking at myself as an example, I bought my property for 425 10 years ago, and it's worth over a million dollars today. Like that's that's quite remarkable. And that's that's, I didn't do any major improvements to my property. It's, I mean, I have done fixes here and there and, and renovations over the years, but I mean, it's not like I've added a second story on my property or anything like that. So it is quite remarkable to see the level of growth. And 
yes, I mean, it, it can make a lot of sense to tap into that equity when you have that substantial equity growth, as long as you use it in a smart way, like, for example, to invest, as you mentioned, Cornell, as well as to do home re- renovations or even buy a rental property. They, those are some great uses of a home equity. Maybe if you're using home equity or even consolidating debt, like if you have credit card debt at 19%, 20% or higher, then it makes a lot of sense to consolidate the credit card debt and use your mortgage to pay it off there because it doesn't mortgage debt. There really isn't any cheaper debt out there than that. If you can take your credit card debt from 19% and only being paying one and a half percent. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with that uh, there. So, so in terms of different options, there's the home equity line of credit, as you mentioned, Cornell, and there's pros and cons to that. And then there's also the option of just simply refinancing your mortgage and taking out a bigger mortgage. Like for example, you may have a mortgage of $400,000 now, but then you decide to take out a mortgage of 500000 so you have an extra $100,000 to use for purposes like I was mentioning to buy a rental property or to do home renovations or to pay off debt, stuff of that nature there. So in ter- what I like to say with, with clients is if, if, if you're looking for, if interest savings is your priority, then the mortgage option makes the most sense because mortgage rates are lower than Home equity line of credit rates typically, but not always. Uh, right, right now, the fixed rate mortgage and the home equity line of credit are neck and neck at this point in time. So that doesn't always hold true. But generally speaking, if 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 the interest savings is is your top priority, then the mortgage option tends to make the most sense. If Cash flow is your top priority, minimizing how much money you have to put towards your debt, then the home equity line of credit generally makes the most sense. And the reason for that is because with the home equity line of credit, you're able to make interest only payments. You don't necessarily have to pay down the the principal, whereas with uh, mortgage payments, uh, generally speaking, there are interest only mortgages, but at Generally speaking, mortgages, you have to make amortizing payments, which is principal and interest payments there. So that's an important distinction to make. So generally speaking, if you're looking for the lowest payment, then home equity line of credit is is the way to go. And you may ask yourself, well, why would I make interest only payments? And the reason reason is like you're not, again, you'd ask yourself that because you're not paying down the principal, the balance isn't getting any, any lower. The reason you do that is because you can like if you invest your money in a, a smart way in like ETFs or index um, index funds and 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 you you've you invested for the the long term. I mean, I think earning a rate of return of seven eight percent is is quite achievable. Maybe even more than that. I mean, I've looked at my investment perfor- performance and my average rate of return is about ten percent uh, there. So so yeah, I mean, a lot of people they don't want to like. Some people like myself, they want to pay off their mortgage sooner, but a lot of people like if I could do it over again, I'm not sure I would, would do the the same um, thing um, as long as as long as you um, are um, see investing as, as a long term strategy, then a, a, I'm finding what a, what a lot of clients uh, decide to do is is that they would rather just pay the minimum amount on their mortgage payment. They wouldn't make any extra payments and then they use all that extra cash flow to invest money there because 
Unfortunately, people don't have pension plans a lot of the time at work. So it's really important to invest your money so that you're not just living on CPP or old age security. Because I don't know about you, Cornell, but if I was only going to live on CPP and old age security, if it's if OAS is still around when I retire with all the debt that the government has on, has these days. But if I was only going to rely on that, I mean, good luck buying, good luck buying groceries and, and, and filling my car if I can even afford one there by, by, with, with those things there. So it's definitely important to in, invest your money. So, so yeah, it all depends on, it all depends on what your, your priority is, whether it's cash flow or interest savings. If it's, if it's interest savings, the mortgage is, is the way to go. But if, if, if it's a cash flow, that home equity line of, of credit is, is the way to go. So again, this is an important conversation to have with a, a mortgage professional to understand which option is right for you. If you're planning to use the money right away, then the mortgage option can make the most sense because, because you're you're paying interest from day one. But if you're going to use the money right away, that's that's really irrelevant. But for example, if you're going to if you're looking to buy a, a rental property in the next year or so, and you may not use the money for a down payment on a rental property for several months, it really doesn't make sense to be paying interest on, on that money right away. So then I would err towards the home equity line of credit option because with home equity line of credit, if you're not carrying a balance on it, if you have a hundred thousand dollar home equity line of credit and the balance is zero, you're not paying any interest at all. Whereas with the mortgage option, the like if, if you're not using the money right away, the you have a lump sum amount deposited into your bank account. Like with the first example there, a hundred thousand dollars and you're paying interest on that right away, regardless of if you're using the money. So it's definitely important to, to consider those those factors there and have a conversation with a mortgage broker like myself just to understand what uh, option makes the most sense to you and, and not to get ahead of ourselves. But something to keep in mind is that when investing in investing borrowed money, it, ac- it can actually be tax deductible in, in some instances there. So, so that's another advantage of, of using borrowed money to in- invest, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big decision, right? The whole, do you actually want to cross that line and actually start borrowing to invest where mathematically it may make sense, but then there's also the sort of more human side, right? Of the, you know, are you, are you okay sometimes seeing your investments go down like we're seeing right now in the markets and just kind of sticking with it, right? So yeah, there's definitely always that human element as well. Just out of curiosity, right now, what if someone wants to get a HELOC, so a home equity line of credit, what's the percent on that right now, roughly? Yes, great question. So right now, like typically it depends on the lender, but with home equity lines of credit, you're typically looking at prime plus 0.5%. Again, Sometimes it's it's slightly higher than that, but generally prime plus 0.5%. Mm-hmm. So prime is at 2.7%. So plus 0.5% would be 3.2% as mm-hmm. most lenders. Yeah, and the reason I ask is just to your point about investing, right? So you're paying 3.2%. And then if you're doing, if you're taking that money and doing all equity with it, uh, like like all equity ETFs, just vanilla, you know, total market ETFs, and let's say that averages out to let's let's call it eight percent. I've seen that number being sort of a common one by experts to use. Um, so, so yeah, you're definitely making quite a bit of money on that spread uh, as long as you're willing to sort of stomach some of those gut wrenching uh, drops that you're going to get periodically by going with with all equity. Um, so yeah, so definitely a, a nice upside, right? If you're able to 
hold on <laughs> and not panic and your cash flow is good enough uh, where you're not going to need to sort of panic sell and sell something just to kind of put food on the table. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting. And then on top of that, like you said, the interest rate um, can be tax deductible. I believe it's if it's, a, if it's in a taxable account, then I believe um, you can write off the interest rate um, as well. So uh, obviously speak to your accountant about it just to make sure everything, you know, you're doing everything legitimately. Um, but, but yeah, definitely I can see how that can be very appealing to some individuals who do have a higher risk tolerance because, uh, you know, you may, there are so many Canadians now, right? They're sitting on hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity in their home and it's just sitting there. And and so this can be a very tempting option, but like, you know, obviously not for everyone uh, because it, it, there's no free lunch, right? It, it does come with some increased risk. Yes, very well said. And generally speaking, again, I'm not an accountant, but when you're borrowing funds to invest in a non-registered account, then, and you're investing in the right type of investments. And again, speak with your accountant, but my understanding is when you're investing in the right type of investments, like an ETF or index fund that has the ability, it doesn't necessarily have to do this, but it has the ability to pay some sort of distribution like dividends or return on capital, then it should be tax deductible in that situation there. Whereas if you're investing in a TFSA or RSP, then it's not tax deductible in that uh, sense since those are already registered accounts. But to just go back to our previous point there, if if like let's say the home equity line of credit interest rate is 3.2%. And your marginal tax rate is, which is the tax rate that you pay in the next dollar of income is about 40%. If we take 3.2% times um, 0.6%, which is the uh, difference uh, there, then the the once you file your tax return and claim the interest, the basically you just have to exceed about 1.9%. Um, uh, that's really your true cost of borrowing there. So just, just keep in mind the potential tax advantage of, of uh, investing and borrowing money to invest, especially in a non-registered account. But again, you have to make sure that strategy is, is right for you because it's not right for everybody, but it, but it can. I mean, as long as you're able to earn more than the home equity line of, of credit rate there, then it could definitely be a good way to build wealth uh, substantially. But you just have to make sure that you can sleep well at night with a strategy like that. And now a quick message from one of our sponsors. I get a lot of questions from listeners of the show if I know of a good organization or person that can help them optimize their finances and answer any questions that they may have. I spent a lot of time researching on who I can actually wholeheartedly recommend and use myself when it comes to financial coaching. And as you know, there is a lot of conflict of interest here in Canada where you can easily fall into the trap of going with a financial planner or financial advisor, thinking that they have your best interest at heart, but really they're just trying to persuade you to buy some expensive investment product from them so that they can earn their hefty commission. So the organization that I personally use and recommend for coaching and financial optimization is called Enriched Academy. They are as legitimate as it gets. They actually coach Canadian police officers and have actually been implemented by the government of Alberta to be in their schools teaching financial literacy. And they're already in over 400 schools and colleges as well. 
So what's really neat is that there are students like myself actually track the results of the coaching. And so to date, on average, the Canadians that they've coached have increased their passive income by over $2,000, have increased their net worth by over $44,000, increased their credit score by 25 points so you can get better rates on mortgages and loans, and reduced their advisor fees by 1.25% on average. And as you know, if you've listened to past episodes, that 1.25% savings can easily save you tens of thousands of dollars in unnecessary investment fees over your investment lifetime. Now, they don't sell any investment products, so they are totally unbiased, which is a key reason why I decided to take part in their coaching myself, as their advice is 100% geared towards benefiting you as opposed to trying to earn some commission on the side. So the special page that they set up for Build With Canada listeners to get a free one-on-one live assessment call is over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash enriched. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash enriched. Give it a shot. It's free and there's no obligation or anything like that if you try them and don't think it's a good fit. Now, I was skeptical at first because I've already been optimizing my finances for many, many years and applying what I've learned from the different guests that I've had on this podcast. But even after just one coaching session, my coach Alana was already able to find some optimizations that I could implement. So definitely give it a shot. They made it as risk-free as possible with the free assessment call and that they also have a really generous refund policy if you do decide to actually sign up for paid coaching. And so that link again for the free assessment call is buildwealthcanada.ca slash enriched. And now back to the show. Now on the flip side, with the rising cost of living, uh, we're hearing about inflation a lot. Uh, cash flow is becoming a challenge for some Canadians. So making it even more difficult to find extra cash to invest for their retirement while also paying down their mortgage and other expenses as well. So Uh, From my understanding, though, there are certain strategies that you can do where you can pay down your mortgage and invest at the same time. Can you explain some uh, some of these strategies to listeners that are in this situation and what are the pros and cons of them? I'm glad that you brought that up, Cornell, and I didn't want to get ahead of myself in the answer. In my last answer, it was just a bit of a teaser for this uh, answer here because I, I... I know the next question here, but but uh, anyway, so so a, a powerful strategy for a lot of Canadians that they may not have heard of is the Smith Maneuver, and I'm actually a Smith Maneuver certified professional myself. A little over a year ago, I took the necessary training, passed the exam to be a Smith Maneuver certified professional, and I'm sure you, some of the listeners, have heard of the Smith Maneuver. Well. Uh, it was invented by it was it was invented by Fraser Smith quite a few years ago, and then unfortunately he passed away. So his his son Robinson Smith has been doing a great job of educating people about the Smith maneuver. But Robinson decided to come up with some standardized training for the Smith maneuver because it seems that people were just trying to do it themselves by reading articles on on online like. Like, uh, yeah, people were just reading articles online about the Smith Maneuver and and posting in forums and all that. And that's not uh, that's not the best way to do it because it, it can be a powerful strategy to build wealth. But it's just important to work with professionals who understand the the correct steps with it, because it's 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 it, once you know the necessary steps, it's not overly complicated, but you need to do several things correct, like linking up 
bank accounts uh, correctly and staying on the good side of CRA and all that. So it's, it's very important to, even if you understand the right type of mortgage you need, a readvanceable mortgage, it's, it's very important to work with a professional that will ensure everything's set up correctly and you stay on the good side of, of CRA there. So yeah, what I'm what I'm referring to, and, and this is something I looked into originally myself, but my mortgage broker didn't really understand it myself. So you may have heard of the Smith Mover, but essentially the Smith Mover lets you lets you have your financial cake and eat it too, so to speak. Like you're able to pay down your mortgage sooner, you're able to save on your tax bill, and you're able to build wealth at all the same time. Because the real challenge for a lot of Canadians is do they, they they kind of treat their mortgage and retirement savings in sequential order, which means that a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to focus all my cash flow on my mortgage and get that paid off. And then I'm going to start saving for retirement. But the problem is then they upsize to a bigger property or they've taken on quite a sizable mortgage and it's going to take them until like maybe 55, 60 to pay off their mortgage and then they barely have any time to save at all. So it's it's really a, a challenge. And then the sad example that Robinson gives is then they have to take out a reverse mortgage. And once they've worked so hard paying off their mortgage, then they then they do a reverse mortgage, which base, basically means you're giving all your equity back to the bank. So imagine working all those years very hard, Cornell, to pay off your mortgage. And then then you have no savings to live on all you have is cpp and old age securities so you have to take out a reverse mortgage and then give all that equity back to the bank i mean i don't i, I don't know about you but i wouldn't want to be in a situation like that so the 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 smith maneuver helps you avoid a situation like that by being able to not only pay down your mortgage even faster but build wealth at the same time but as as, as the show is called here but you have to make sure that you understand that the strategy is, is right for you because it's not right for everybody. So basically what's happening is that you are keeping you, it's, it's a debt conversion strategy and you're keeping your, rather than paying down your mortgage and having that just disappear, you're basically putting any principal that you pay down to good use in terms of your, your mortgage. So how it works is you need the right type of mortgage, a readvanceable mortgage and how that works is as you pay on your mortgage the portion of the mortgage payment that goes towards principal you can re-borrow it from the home equity line of credit so just to keep things nice and simple let's say you have a mortgage payment of two thousand dollars a month and eight hundred goes towards interest twelve hundred goes towards principal well the portion that goes towards principal the twelve hundred dollars would become available um, sometimes immediately from the home equity line of credit. And then you take that money and then you invest it in a non-registered account. As mentioned earlier, of course, speak with your accountant, but by by investing in the right type of thing, then that interest is considered tax deductible. So how, how it, it works is that uh, you just keep paying down your mortgage and then you can re-borrow that $1,200 or so under that example here and invest in a non-register account. And by continually doing that over time, you can pay down your mortgage and even use your tax refund to do a lump sum payment on your mortgage. So you're paying down your mortgage just as fast or even faster with the strategy and you're building a sizable investment portfolio. Like I have a great, I have a great uh, being a Smith Maneuver certified professional myself. I can actually, I have access to the Smith Maneuver calculator and I can run if you're curious to find out 
what the numbers would look like for yourself in terms of the Smith maneuver, I can actually run a custom report for you and show you the results. And people are often quite excited when they see that. I mean, if, if you continue doing the Smith maneuver over time, you might be able to build like a investment portfolio of uh, seven, $800,000 or even more than that. I mean, it's kind of like rolling a snowball down the, the hill by continually doing this over time. You can really build quite a substantial investment portfolio and it, it's a lot faster than doing it in the sequential order where it's you're just not going to have enough time to 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 build a sizable investment portfolio if, if it takes you until 55 or 60 to pay off your mortgage and you'll maybe you'll have like five or ten years to invest after that there but you just have to make sure that you understand that the strategy and, and have a conversation with a mortgage professional like myself uh how it works is instead of uh, the, the, instead of instead of reducing your debt, you're converting it from um, basically from mortgage debt to home equity line of, of credit debt. Like if you if you look at it, uh, like I show this this graphic and Robinson's updated his father's book there, and it's got some great graphics in it. But essentially, like let's say as an example, you you have a, a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage. So if you take a readvanceable mortgage, which is a mortgage that has a home equity line of credit that increases as you pay down the mortgage, you on one side of the on one side of the bar graph, you may start with a $400,000 mortgage, zero home equity line of credit. But then at the halfway point, you'll have a $200,000 mortgage and $200,000 home equity line of credit. And then at the end, 25 or 30 years, however it takes you long to pay off your mortgage, the full balance will be moved to 400,000 home equity line of credit. So the the point is you're you're not like completely paying off your 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 debts there, but you're converting it from um, debt that's non-tax deductible on your primary residence to tax deductible debt. And then once you have fully converted the debt and you have no more mortgage, you have the a couple options and you don't have to decide right now. You can either you can either cash in some of your investments and and based on the numbers for the calculator that I've run, usually the investments are at least double the as long as you invest it in a smart way. I mean, they're usually at least double the size of the home equity debt that you owe. You can cash out some of the investments and pay off the home equity line of credit. Uh, entirely, or you could discontinue to make interest-only payments on the home equity line of credit because it still will be tax deductible. So that's that's a huge investment portfolio that you wouldn't have been able to normally accumulate uh, and and build over time because you simply didn't have the cash flow. Like with gas prices and grocery prices as as, as high as they are, like people would love to invest, but they just don't have the cash flow to, to do it because uh, life is so expensive these days. So basically, the 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 main benefit of the Smith maneuver is you pay the exact same mortgage payment that you were paying before. It requires no extra cash flow. That's worth repeating. It requires no extra cash flow, and you're able to pay down your mortgage, and you're able to build a sizable investment portfolio at the same time. So kill two birds with one stone, as the saying goes. So. Yeah, if this if this sounds of interest to you, I'd be happy to run a custom report and just show how the numbers would look for you. But yeah, a lot of people are even if you're in the middle of your mortgage term, it can often make sense to do this strategy sooner. Even with a mortgage penalty that can be rolled into your existing mortgage, and also the amount of wealth that you can build by doing this strategy that much sooner rather than waiting until your renewal date 
almost always makes sense. So yeah, if you're interested in learning more about the strategy, certainly feel free to book a call with me and I'd be happy to discuss it more with you to see if it's right for you and also run the custom report. But certainly if I could do things all over again, being mortgage-free at 30 and paying it off in three years was pretty good. But I think I would do the Smith maneuver over again, but I can't really complain, but I wish I had have known about that back when I originally took out my mortgage. That's great, Sean. Yeah. I mean, the big thing that always appealed to me about that was that your mortgage can actually be tax deductible, which I remember when I heard that people in the US get to do that. <laughs> I got I got pretty jealous back when we had a mortgage. And and now, you know, there is a way to do it in Canada. Uh, and like you said, you, you can kind of set it up where you're not just waiting and waiting to start investing because you're too busy paying down your mortgage. So um, so yeah, that's great though. I didn't know that you were certified in the Smith Maneuver. I, I've heard it mentioned many times you know, by other reputable financial planners. So definitely something that I think is, is good to have sort of in your toolbox. And obviously it's not a fit for everyone, but it is something I think worth considering, uh, especially for the large amount of Canadians that are now sitting in all this equity in their homes uh, and are kind of thinking, okay, what are what are the options here? You know, Maybe there's some way to make things more, more optimal, maybe decrease some opportunity community cost. Um, so, so I, I think we'll end it here because I mean, you provided so, uh, so much great information. Um, if anybody does want uh, to ask Sean about the Smith Maneuver, and again, thanks Sean for, for offering to answer questions uh, for free for anybody that, that has them. Um, so again, that link is buildwealthcanada.ca slash Sean, so S-E-A-N. Uh, and if you go there, you put your email in, basically that's going to get just automatically forwarded to Sean, and then he'll get in touch with you and you guys can set up a time uh, to hop on the phone. And, and again, Sean, thanks again for dedicating uh, so much time for the listeners, uh, you know, in case they want their numbers crunched and you can actually put into your software and do all that. So that's really, really neat. Um, one thing that I really wanted to kind of uh, highlight as well, you mentioned this when we were uh, talking offline, is that you guys have now sort of updated sort of the technology and the process as well, um, where people can actually apply and get approved for these mortgages in a very sort of quick fashion. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So the one of the main reasons that I decided to work with the mortgage brokerage that I'm I'm at Mortgage Pal is that we have such great technology. So we're always at the we're always at the cutting edge of of what, when it comes to technology. So previously, like if, if you've gone through the mortgage approval process at lenders and you found it a bit cumbersome, cumbersome, and a lot of work and and such, we've tried to really remove the any pain at all and make the process as smooth as possible. So previously, like when somebody was applying for a mortgage, I'd have questions to ask over over email. But now we just have like an online smart application where I just send you a link and then you can just fill in everything online. And it's really, the technology is really smart. Like you just answer a series of questions and it asks you the right questions based on your scenario, whether you're buying a property or you're transferring your mortgage or you're refinancing and and also ask you for the right documents if you're an employee or self-employed. So really excited about that. And I've been using that technology for a couple of months now and I've received wonderful feedback. So if you're looking for it, maybe if you've worked with a bank or, or other professionals in the past and the process hasn't been the, the smoothest, uh, like if you're, if and also some people just say like, 
I'd rather just stay with my current lender because I don't want to go through the process again. I would highly consider you to think twice about that and, and reach out because I, I just find the process is a lot easier now with this uh, smart technology in terms of the application form. So I'm really excited about that and I've received wonderful feedback from my clients in the first months. So definitely reach out if you're looking for an overall smoother mortgage application process. And I'm excited to, there's a whole bunch of tools that are always coming out and learning about new technology next week as well. So if you're looking to work with a mortgage broker who's tech savvy and and has some awesome tools to help make the process as as smooth as as possible and as easy as possible, because I realize that uh, the listeners are probably busy with their day-to-day lives, then definitely reach out. And I promise that it will be a smooth uh, application process and it's just getting better and better over time. So it saves me time and saves you time. And and I can dedicate more time to helping clients and speaking with them on the phone and answering their great questions. So I'm really excited and, uh, and, and yeah, definitely reach out. And I promise that it'll be a, a, a it will be a, a very smooth uh, application process, uh, even smoother going forward. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. It might have sounded like a weird question for me to ask, but I, when you told me about it offline, I got kind of excited about it because I just remember when I was going through the mortgage application process many years ago, it, it was quite the pain, right? Because there was all this paperwork and this back and forth and uh, like, you know, you would end up meeting and, and or, or emails and attachments. And it was just it became such a hassle, like you said, where especially if someone's looking to you know renew their mortgage, you almost have that incentive to just stick with who you have now because it's such a pain to get all the documents over to the new provider and that kind of thing. Um, so it's really nice and exciting to see sort of the mortgage industry that have embraced technology a little bit here in Canada, where it's no longer this, this painful, painful process that I remember. And you can actually just like, it sounds like you go on a portal, right? And you can just kind of fill in everything there and it's in there right away as a Opposed to all the back and forth and attachments and resigning and all that, so um, so very very cool. I, I I always get excited when I see industries that have been long for a long time and then they sort of do some nice technological advancements where it's just a lot easier for the end user uh, at, at the end of the day. Um, so, so so awesome. So thanks for sharing that with me. Uh, and again, thanks for um, for coming on, giving us an update. It's nice to sort of know where real estate's what's happening in real estate in, in Canada and, and get this sort of a nice annual update from you. Uh, and, and again, I encourage everyone to check out. Sean, he doesn't uh, charge anything. Like as a mortgage broker, he gets he gets paid by the um, actual lender. Um, so you, there's no like obligation uh, to go with any mortgages he chooses, and, and he he doesn't. The consultations are free and uh, as well. So uh, so I think it's a really good sort of win win uh, for all the listeners. It, it's I've always used a mortgage broker as well myself back when I had a mortgage. Uh, it, it's it's definitely something uh, very strongly worth considering for sure. Um, so so awesome, Sean. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, and awesome and, and congrats on, on getting the the Smith Maneuver certification now. And uh, yeah, it's 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 great that you're an expert in it now because I've heard some really good things. Well, my pleasure. Thank you very much, Cornell. It's always nice to speak with the Build Wealth Canada listeners and looking forward to hearing from the listeners and assisting them over the coming months as well. Awesome. All right, Sean, have a good one. Take care. All right. I hope you enjoyed the episode. In case you missed it, that link to set up a free call with Sean to get your mortgage questions answered and see that continuously updated research on the top mortgages that he's been able to find is over at Build 
wealthcanada.ca slash Sean. So just S-E-A-N. Also, a big thanks to EQ Bank for sponsoring the show. It's the bank that my wife and I use for our savings account. Not only is it free, but the interest rate that you get is as much as 30 times higher compared to some of the other banks here in Canada. And it's not some temporary promotional rate either. I've been with them four years and found that they constantly adjust their rate to consistently have one of the highest rates in Canada. Now, if you are going to check them out, please go through my link as it really helps support the show and pretty much keeps 95 plus percent of everything on the show and podcast for free. And so that link, if you are going to check them out, is buildwealthcanada.ca slash EQ. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash the letter E and the letter Q. And last but definitely not least, a big thanks to Enriched Academy for supporting the show as well and letting Build With Canada listeners have that free assessment call with one of their financial coaches to see if there are any ways that your finances can be optimized. I've been a huge supporter of them over the years. They provide top-notch education. They're in over 400 schools and colleges across Canada, and they don't sell any financial products. So I love how my Enriched Academy coach isn't trying to sell me anything. It's all focused specifically on optimizing my finances, and I'm sure sure there'll be a huge benefit for you too in helping you optimize your finances. So if you are looking to get your finances analyzed and want some help in getting them optimized as well uh, to really help maximize your net worth and eliminate any sort of unnecessary debt or fees that you may be paying, the page to get that free assessment call with one of their financial coaches is over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash enriched. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash enriched. Thanks so much for tuning in and supporting the show and have a wonderful and safe week. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca. 